0: Welcome to the Red Carpet for a fabulous evening of monster mayhem at the first annual Creature Toys Awards here at Disney MGM Studios. Every horror icon from Avira to that killer car tire is here tonight, and we're sure to dig our fangs into all the juicy details. Coming down the carpet right now is Eddie Murphy, dressed to the steins, grimacing at our desperate pun work. It's downright frightening... The invisible man is here, and the photographers are happy to take a rest for once. Oh, but now here comes Godzilla, and oh no, he's heading right for. Well, I'm sure I have internal bleeding, and I'm slowly dying now. So we turn it over to our hosts. This is unbuilt. Welcome, dreamers of all ages, to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast. With me here today is my co host, Ryan Dorman. How are we doing today? Doing well. Excited to begin some spooky conversation. Yes, we had <laughs> Ghostbusters the other week, and we're going <laughs> to go into yet another monstrous unbuilt attraction. I just got off a vacation. I was in Florida for an entire week, which uh, lots of people don't recommend you should do. But I did it iron will. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got my COVID booster before I went there.
1: So at least I got that. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. I guess they're rolling them out a bit faster in uh, uh, where you guys, where you are. (laughs) Well, not only that, but like my job,
0: yeah, because I work in a hotel. They kind of recommend that you get it, and it's been six months since. So, I got that, and I went to went to Florida. I went to uh, Universal, did Halloween Horror Nights. I did Walt
1: Disney World in two days. (laughs) (laughs) Did you go to how many parks? Did you go to all four? Good for you. That that takes effort. You've 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 beaten them at their own game by I only have. doing it in two days. Yeah, exactly. Except that I
0: kind of uh, beat myself because my feet <laughs> just fell off.
1: Mm. You you shouldn't do Walt Disney World in four days. No, you really should not. No, Walt Disney World in 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 two days. You said right is uh absolute. You say you did it in two days, yes? I did in two days. Yeah. See, most people would say four days. Maybe some uh, uh, cheaper people might say three. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, <laughs> that requires diligence and effort. And I, I commend you for, uh, I guess, presumably just suffering the crowds and the well, heat. What
0: you have to do is eventually get used to the fact that the wait times are lying to you. Yes, very Which I, I don't know what it's going to be like when Genie Plus debuts on the nineteenth, but the the lines do seem intimidating when it's like Haunted mm-hmm. oh, Mansions a forty five minute wait and you were you could wait in it and it's like no it isn't it's actually seventeen minutes what are right. you
1: talking about well G- hopefully Genie Plus will push people to do you know boring stupid things that nobody wants to do <laughs> just convince. The average person to go watch Kite Tales or whatever, and then I can get on. <laughs>
0: I mean the thing is ride. is that it's not like any of those things. I had a full house of the country band Jamboree. That's
1: impressive. Although I guess yeah. it's what, air conditioning, right? So. Yes it is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um But I think I think uh we we can we should. We should talk about An attraction that you went on. Finally, we can hear somebody's credibility talk about it. Uh, An attraction (laughs) that was actually built. Yes, let's get into it. Uh, An actually built attraction
0: Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. I got the chance to ride Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. And I want to preface this by saying that in the show notes, when I was originally writing this up before vacation, it used to say actually got built Remy's Ratatouille Adventure if I get to ride it. Mm. Because I don't know if I will be able to ride it because they are utilizing the boarding pass system.
1: Well, it's, a, it's a, such a low capacity ride, right? <laughs> that's,
0: that's... It kind of does make it a bit of a crap shoot because the 7 a.m.s They go by instantly. But the 1 p.m.s are the biggest shrug ever <laughs> <laughs> because, because who knows if it's going to be there and gone within 15 minutes or if it'll be there. I don't know for five hours, which it was that day. So I go to the Magic Kingdom. And originally I was going to go to Disney's Hollywood Studios and then try for Ratatouille the next day. Well, I'm on my way to Hollywood Studios and I look at the list for Ratatouille and it says that it's still available and the wait time is like 300 minutes, which at that point means that it's available until 7. The park closes at, I believe, like 10 p.m. that night. So I knew, wait a second, if I transferred to Epcot, I could probably make it on there. I grabbed, there's a bus for Epcot right there. I am the only person on the bus for Epcot. This, (laughs) by the way, tells you how slow Epcot was. I get the Epcot, race over there, and I get in, and sure enough, I'm able to grab a spot. The reservations were available all the way until Six o'clock that night.
1: Damn. Yeah. Damn. No one wanted to go on this ride, or everybody <laughs> wanted to go on in the morning. Well, nobody wanted to go to Epcot apparently that mm. day,
0: because I walked on Soren. I walked on Soren <laughs> around the world. That never happens. Well, now I that, on see, it's Estrat. all FOMO.
1: It's all FOMO. That's all the Disney parks really are. And I, I uh, we've heard this this commentary so often, but like. Mm-hmm. The the only reason why people got in line for those Rise of the Resistance boarding passes is because they read on Twitter that it was so difficult to get those boarding passes. Because, you know, you look at the wait times now that they've opened up the mm-hmm. thing, and it's like, what, 90 minutes, 100 yeah. minutes, maybe maximum. And it seems like that's the what's going on here with Ratatouille, that you can— You know, the boarding passes in the beginning of the morning. Everyone's up. Oh, my goodness. Got to get up. Got to get the boarding passes. There are people that I know who aren't Disney fans who've been to Disney once and they Mm -hmm. immediately know I have to get the boarding pass. Right. By by the afternoon, you know, maybe they don't care. I'd be curious to know what the statistics are for web slingers as well. Um, Apparently. So did you hear about web slingers? They're going to turn it off and on? That's so confusing to it's me. It's so That's a isn't Awful it? idea. Yeah, because I used to how commit. do you know? How do you know? Right. Right. You you, you could, can't plan a day around going there because you can right. show up one day and it's it's a it's a walk on wait and then another day. Oh, sorry, you weren't up at six fifty five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's because you could wake up early and there would be none. So, but whatever. Fact was that Ratatouille in general was. Definitely,
0: the it seemed like the most popular area in the park. It definitely seemed like it. It was very strange because that entire cul-de-sac seemed really, really populous and busy. I'm not sure if it's because people were going into Epcot, going through the International Gateway, gateway, going to ride it and leaving. I'm not sure, but that's that's the area that seemed packed the most. Hmm. When I went over there, I got some crepes and it took me an hour to get the crepe because I had nothing else to do but wait for my
1: boarding group to come in. And... Okay. How how were the crepes? Because I know that f- well, Epcot, of course, is the big foodie park mm-hmm. and France, of course, has the, the wonderful baked goods and, and ice cream and stuff like that. So crepes seem to be a, a difficult thing to perfect, but there's a high bar uh, at Epcot. So well, what did you think?
0: I'm not a crepe expert. I've only had crepes maybe twice in my life. (laughs) I got a chocolate ice cream crepe and I thought it was delicious.
1: Oh well, so there was a a warm crepe with 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 cold ice cream. Mm -hmm. How dare they? Oh, so it was (laughs) on top, right? Or inside.
0: Yeah, it was it was a la mode, yeah. I see, I gotcha. Mm -hmm. And I liked it. I, I thought it was great. Lots of people were, other people online were like, oh, these are just plebeian crepes. They're just not good. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I thought it was tasty. I'm, I'm not a food snob, though, so whatever. Mm. I, got, I got a plain Jane crepe. But you could also go into the main creperie, which seemed less busy <laughs> than the walk-up window, which, again, was an hour-long wait and the walk up window had one cashier
1: wait so you're saying that so to be clear there was a main room crepery where you would i guess wait in line and did they have more options and or was it a just they had it was a it's a sit down
0: versus a walk up window kind of oh, like so you need a reservation yeah, I mean, or I, I yes you do it, and there's no mobile order no mobile order for these crepes as well which doesn't make sense is it sense.
1: like meals or is it just Crepes, in the creperie.
0: I'm not sure. You'd have to look up in that. There was definitely a sit down. Interesting. Very, Mm -hmm. very interesting. Yeah. And so it's a walk up and then a sit down right there. The rest of the area didn't seem to make much sense because there's Mm -hmm. a a stand for merchandise that is closed because they moved all the merchandise over to creation shop. Okay. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And there's no there's no extra gift shop or anything like that. Everything is a facade
1: except for the crepery and the attraction itself. But uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I did I did go ahead and and look up that crêperie, and I wanted to just inform you that it's potentially one of the cheapest price fixed dinners on Disney properties. So. Oh god, of course price fixed. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. It, well, that's that seems to be their new thing. Because like, why why even give them the chance to split a dinner, right? Um, right. So so you're saying so that was one thing that I was super interested about about France that they build this whole area and. It seems like it's not necessarily exactly the same as the the French area in like architecture. It reflects right. more of the, the design car- of the the Ratatouille, Ratatouille area exactly. in yes, Paris. Yes, but that area in Paris, of course, is in their quasi you know mm-hmm. DCA slash Hollywood Studios park. Mm-hmm. So, are you saying that it almost carries with it that faux Hollywood cartoon kind of stylings? No,
0: it's it's definitely not as okay. Uh, it's it's not as weirdly juxtaposed as that it it definitely flows much more naturally because i would have to say that the surroundings become more and more cartoony as you go through the attraction itself right rather than on the outside it's only kind of subtly there Mm -hmm. a bit so you go into once you get your boarding group you finally go into the outdoor queue which is a series of switchbacks underneath an awning you go inside and the actual queue itself on the inside is a, again a little plain jane but you do get outside into that overlook area where you have gusto and you know he animates and talks to you and then you have a little art uh, like an art studio that you walk through that has mm-hmm. the cartoon with the safety instructions. Uh, finally, you get into the attraction itself, and as we were saying before on the pre-show, I feel like in the build-up to this, people were being really quite mean, especially, especially people who had been to Paris and were like, "That attraction, ugh, it's just—they're trying to be universal. It's it's hmm. no good. It's not that good. I can't believe people are excited about this. It's a it's a D ticket. It's nothing." <laughs> and i I thought it was cute yeah it has some weird things about it to where you can see the floor and that's weird yes it is but you really don't notice it as much when you're on the attraction itself Hmm. uh the entire uh 3d 4d aspect about it is quite well done even though the uh, hot air effect in the stove wasn't working but what's the neat thing about it is that um the vehicle's have sort of this scurrying motion so it goes up and down up and down up and down as you kind of go through everything um i felt like the scene where you're in the freezer it could have it could have been uh helped a little bit more uh there is a bit of smells in there but it's not in the freezer section you mm-hmm. could have had a little bit of cold air which would have been nice in that area and some maybe some more moving things but that's the only real complaint i would give about that little section mm-hmm. but w- once you once you get through it i thought that this is a a very cute and solid addition to epcot it goes by really fast which is unfortunate because you know what the way boarding groups work you can only have one ride of the attraction Right. Uh, rather than trying to experience it multiple times. And I wasn't so infused to, to the point where I would go back to Epcot the next day and try to ride it again. Uh mostly because I wanted to, you know, utilize my time for other things rather than waiting around for one ride. But
1: I, I I'd have to say I liked it. Uh so it seems yeah like like web slingers. Um this attraction was perhaps destroyed by high expectations that come from a boarding pass system. Not necessarily that this is a bad attraction, but that if you view it in the context of like, oh, it's another five minute dark ride for Epcot to flesh out World Showcase beyond you know, drinking and so on and so forth, like Mm -hmm. there can be an attraction, then it's probably not a bad idea. Um, But once you throw boarding passes on it, there may be some expectation by audiences that well, now that I have to go through a whole process, mm-hmm. right? Then presumably this is a fantastic attraction. This, when in, in in Paris, they understood that it's just a a trackless dark ride with a bunch of screens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it's a bad thing if your expectations going in are anything beyond a trackless dark ride with screens, well, right? I
0: think that's the problem when you institute boarding groups, which were. By the way, the reason why burden groups existed is because Rise of the Resistance- Didn't work. Didn't work. Exactly. (laughs) It didn't work, and we have to do this so people aren't in line for eight hours and have to be flushed out. Exactly. And Somewhere along the way- somebody high up thought, well, this is great. People don't have to wait in line and we can just do this with everything new. And it's like, if you do that with everything you knew, you're making people plan their entire days around this. You're inconveniencing people. Right. You're inconveniencing people to ride this attraction. It does not work for every single one because at least with Rise of the Resistance, people walked off that blown away and said, well, that was worth the
1: inconvenience right I with park know. reservations especially the uh, the thing about you, what you said and I want to I want to slightly go off on that for a second is that I don't necessarily think that's even feasible to plan your day around it right mm-hmm. like you di- you didn't it was a lucky thing and I guess you had right. a park hopper already purchased but mm-hmm. in the days of park reservations and planning 60 days in advance for dining reservations and blah blah, mm-hmm. blah 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 and so on and so forth i i think it's 60 days or is it 90 days if you're a resort guest it's a
0: 90 days fair resort guest and 60 for uh, non.
1: Yeah. So I think that it may be, well, I think that it, it it's unlikely that anybody's going to be able to plan 90 days in advance for something that they may be able to get. Um, So it places a lot of undue stress. And then mm-hmm. you end up going on a ride like Ratatouille. And, and the, the the best you can say on Ratatouille is that was cute. Right. Yes. Seemingly. So it's a very difficult situation. Right. And.
0: It almost kind of reminds me of a little bit of the opposite of like Frozen Ever After. Because remember what Frozen Ever After was uh, first up? It had three, four hour lines, and that's because it was had this terrible capacity. Yes, the, the animatronics for Frozen are quite good, but what? <laughs> uh, I I like what? the Olaf animatronic.
1: Oh, the, uh, yeah, the Olaf, the animals are great, but <laughs> yeah. That's, okay, so sorry. Continue. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I think everything besides
0: the Ellie and Elson in the end is decent. Um, Christoph, I mean, that's all the, the <laughs> that, those are the bad ones. <laughs> I know they are the bad ones. Um, the last yeah. ones to see, <laughs> I, it, but I, I, it's still a, it's still Maelstrom, redone. Sure, and I think that Ratatouille, at least if it's born out of whole cloth. Yes, it's translated, but still. And it's actually very large, expansive, and it, it feels it feels more elaborate. It definitely does feel larger and more elaborate. I, I think at least it's a little better than that. But if Ratatouille were to just drop the boarding groups, it would probably have about an hour to 70-minute wait, and it would be fine for it. It's high mm-hmm. capacity. It would move quick. It would Pumped people in and out, and I think that it would do what it needs to for Epcot for attracting people rather than repelling people with this stupid boarding group stuff. Agreed. So I, I, so yeah, there you go. I liked Ratatouille Adventure.
1: Don't like boarding groups. I think they're stupid. Still do. I think that if the boarding groups go away, it seems like an exciting addition to World Showcase. But oh, it will. given what you've said, I am not excited to get more boarding passes. It's that, so obnoxious.
0: I, I think it will. It will for sure. Let's be honest. When Cosmic Rewind opens in 2022. Oh, God. <laughs> that will have boarding groups. And it yeah, and will it be run a nightmare. <laughs> it will be an absolute nightmare to get those. Uh and That said, I look forward to seeing the POVs for you know, anybody who tries.
1: I, I would love to get on Tron when it opens, but that I think boarding passes have been in, in parks like DCA. And and I guess Disneyland for Rise of the Resistance, but I think Magic Kingdom is going to be an absolute nightmare. Oh my God. Could you imagine boarding groups in Magic Kingdom?
0: I wait till Tron opens. Oh, that Tron is wow. going to be an
1: absolute nightmare.
0: Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. They're going to do it. Well, it's brand new and our demand, you know, does. So somebody... just let them write, wait in a queue. Just let yeah. people wait in the damn queue. That's what people want to do. Let them do it.
1: But which is, more, which is a more attractive social media headline? <laughs> which one gets you in the park at 7 a.m.? Right, you know exactly. which one, which But one you don't gets even you- have to get in the park at seven a.m. Oh, well, not anymore. That's a good point. Yeah, but you're just, already up. You're already
0: up. Yeah, you don't and, have and, to, I'm sorry. But- the cruelest hell thing, where it's like, ah, uh, but you can't park hop until one, uh, two p.m. So if you want to get it, you have to, you have to have a reservation for this park. No matter what, you have to be in the park to do it at one p.m. So Mm. you can't park hop and try to get it, which I beat because they were still available at Ratatouille. Thank God it's a super high capacity attraction. Nobody wanted to go to Epcot that day. (laughs) (laughs) No one's go to Epcot ever. Happy 50th Walt Disney. (laughs) And yes, it was the 50th anniversary. Uh, Just wanted to say, Spaceship Earth, mind blowing.
1: Hmm.
0: I cannot. Are you going to go sometime during this 18th month celebration? January. Wait, whoa, going, whoa. Are these these things aren't temporary, are they? I would hope. I think the other beacons are going to be temporary. I can't imagine that but this one's the temporary. They wrote a whole damn one, thing it for it. It cannot be temporary.
1: It's so gorgeous. Well, they, they wrote like a whole music score or whatever. I, know. Right? I don't know. Yeah, it'd yeah, be a pain. It took them like a year and a half to get those LEDs up there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine. This is the one thing I think will stay. It cannot be a scene on a camera as well as it is in person it's impossibly gorgeous Mm.
1: so i think i'd like to go in january um i think i will although don't 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 see harmonious see this i i can't i can't do both
0: (laughs) i don't know because if you do harmonious you'll be You'll be stuck, you know. I mean, I guess you can see it within the swath of crowds, but it was, it was really nice just being an empty front area, watching it.
1: You have all of the 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 little children with their parents watching the fun Disney music, and then a bunch of nerds in the front of the park, (laughs) watching a bunch of LED bulbs light up on a big circle.
0: Yeah, who wants to watch a Disney concert?
1: Oh, no, whoa, way. everyone. Where's the Disney concert? <laughs> I, uh, that, Everybody do, I, loves I, Disney music. You know, I was thinking about him during this. Uh, I was <laughs> thinking about just how I, I – like you see pictures of, of Mr. JPEC and you, you say, yeah, he looks kind of silly and yeah, his business is all weird, but – the worst thing is when you hear him he like, said <laughs> he sounds like a weasel like he he's a very squeaky and okay. I, I couldn't believe it because you know not to to make fun of the poor guy for a thing he can't control but he he can sleep nice in that like 60 million dollar house <laughs> iger is a, is a small guy but he's got a rather like demonstrative voice jpek mm-hmm. is like a 13 year old he's very really funny <laughs> Um. <laughs> Alright. well let's
0: turn back the clock before jpeg <laughs> and before before Iger, let's talk about something that michael Eisner approved and our Oof. main topic shall we i was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his lab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he the man He did the monster man. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It got on in a flag. He did the mash. He did the monster
1: man. From my lab retorn.
0: Okay, we are here to talk about our spooky main topic, which is the
1: creature choice awards. Are you aware of this at all? Look, most, like most everything on these shows, I find out about them from you, and I am, <laughs> I am aghast at some of these ideas. One in particular that we'll get to, or that was actually mentioned in the, the, the little introduction of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, introduce the audience to the, the mess of ideas <laughs> that are in this one. So just a preface. Uh, a lot
0: of this information is from Kevin Rafferty's book, Magic Journey. Which I don't believe you've read. It is a great read.
1: I have not read it. I think no. I've heard of it. You may have mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to my to add it to a list of books to read that I'll never get to. But <laughs> <laughs> it has a gr-
0: a great amount of tidbits about all these attractions that you may have may or not thought that much about. Hmm. And this is one of them, which comes up in the portion where he talks about the twilight zone tower of terror. And we'll get to that in a little bit. It's, if you want a little bit more about this, I'd, I'd very much recommend picking up Kevin Rafferty's magic journey. But uh, the whole point of this show today is to discuss it. And here we go. So as we discussed in our Muppet studios episode, feel free to check it out. If you haven't already, Disney MGM studios opened up incredible popularity as well as a severe lack of things to do. Michael Eisner and Frank Wells immediately started asking for ideas on high-capacity attractions that fell out the park. Numerous ideas were flown back and forth, and show writer Kevin Rafferty and producer Corey Sewellson came up with a pitch for a gigantic new audio-animatronic show on the level of the American Adventure. I believe it was actually supposed to use the same sort of technology with If you know how the American adventure works, you go up a flight of stairs. That's because the theaters on the second floor and on the bottom floor, there's this giant rotating chain of animatronic set pieces. But Hmm. this one is called the creature choice awards per Kevin himself. The show is the equivalent of the Academy Awards, but for movie monsters, including tonight's Lifetime Achievement Award honoree, the biggest star in the genre, Godzilla. Guests would start in the lobby by a faux snack bar featuring items such as buttered fingers. When four Egyptian sarcophagi would pop- open up from the four corners of the room to reveal mummies who croon doo-wop harmonies. They were known affectionately as the Sarkafa guys. Oh, the theater yeah. doors would open. <laughs> and it's like DCA
1: before, before DCA
0: <laughs> opened. Uh... Oh, come on. This is cute. Uh, we'd take <laughs> their seats to watch a 17-minute long show filled with animatronics, multimedia, and special effects as monsters would come in to collect their Screamy Awards. <laughs> when the best aliens from outer space category would come up, Martians would w- win, prompting a laser explosion from the top of the theater, and a flying saucer would land from out the hole. Flanking the stage were TV screens, similar to Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, showing a live camera, updating the progress of Godzilla on his way to the theater. One concept showed Godzilla towering above Epcot Center and Spaceship Earth, and I sent you the photo of that,
1: uh, the mock-up. Did you see that? Yeah, the I did. I did see that. Well, is that, Okay, is it really a mock-up? I think it's a picture of Epcot with some... I don't even know where they got that image of God. I think it's just,
0: it's just a a, <laughs> a drawing. It's like a Photoshop. Well, before the days of Photoshop, <laughs> the days of Photoshop
1: right. Yeah.
0: Uh, when the big guy arrived, he literally brought the house down as giant legs would crash through the ceiling. Kevin and Corey refined the concept, bringing in two celebrities per Wells, Eisner's, and Katzenberg's request. Cassandra Peterson as Evira and Eddie Murphy as Eddie Frankenmurphy, now taking the place as the monster host. Elvira was a guest presenter, attracting the hoots and hollers from various monsters in the audience. The <laughs> <I>
1: presentation—I <laughs> don't get. Well, well, I don't. I don't understand that joke. Maybe you get. What is the joke of Eddie Frank and Murphy? <laughs> like Roger Frank and Ebert, you could do that with anybody's <laughs>
0: name. Like, that's not it's a pun. So
1: silly. Uh, <laughs>
0: the presentation would have been built near the location of Rock and Roller Coaster today in a gigantic theater, most likely opening in the early 1990s. Why wasn't it built? A few factors: cost, scope, and attraction type. An animatronic show on the level of American Adventure is not only expensive to make, but also to run. While Michael Eisner loved the pitch, this would get him in trouble later with the doomed superstar limo, Frank Wells saw the endeavor was extremely expensive for an attraction that the studios probably didn't need at the moment. While high capacity was a necessity, they also knew the park badly needed rides. Not just rides, but thrill rides. A rejected pitch of the Haunted Hotel ride came up around Kevin, as he and Corey were developing the Creature Choice Awards. Steve Kirk asked him for help, and they suddenly developed the idea for the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror on the spot. Eisner and Wells immediately fell in love with the Twilight Zone pitch, and greenlit it on the spot. Sadly, the cost of building Tower of Terror and the Creature Choice Awards were in direct competition of each other, and the throw ride won out in the end, as it probably should have. <laughs> but what if what if the creature choice awards was built would it still be exist today be updated would it have not lasted very long or would it have been too weird for audiences which by the way kevin actually admits it was probably too weird and so you've been criticizing this all along <laughs> <I'm>
1: like, <laughs> go go off go off all right what if it was built so you're, you're getting to feel a little bit of the comedy stylings of DCA and a little bit of Hollywood Studios, but mostly Disney's California Adventure. Um, the question is, is really, what if Disney's California Adventure had received an attraction per se with a high budget, incredibly high budget? Mm-hmm. This attraction doesn't really feel at home, I would say, in Hollywood Studios whatsoever. Perhaps it would be... Perhaps it would have found more home, and we can get to this obviously later. But it seems like something that you would feel out of uh, um, uh, what's it called Halloween Horror Nights. In fact, Mm -hmm. I think they did a show about movie monsters, right, at Halloween Horror Nights, or was that they did? They did. They've done a bunch of shows about. Well, they did do a show called Golden
0: Screams at California Adventure. Mm Hmm. And what's interesting is this was uh, a Disney villains show interesting. and yeah and it was a bunch of costume characters and i i can't remember how long this ran i think it was in just 2007 and that was it it was in the golden mm-hmm. dreams theater and it was kind of like an interactive experience which is interesting that this show was not about disney villains this was about classic uh, movie monsters. Now, I remember in the Ghostbusters episode we just did, we talked about how the Great Movie Ride really didn't have a horror segment. It, uh, it did, but it was just a bunch of skeletons. It was kind of vague, and they mm-hmm. wanted to add the Ghostbusters in to represent it. This was sort of filling in that same sort of ideal to represent horror, the horror genre at Disney MGM mm-hmm. Studios. Now, I, I think it's interesting that this went by Eisner and Wells, but they didn't say, well, what if you made it Disney villains? Because that would be a very shrewd, Idra Chapek move to make today.
1: Right. Yeah, it would be a synergistic about like the, the classics of Disney, Disney storytelling villains. I, I think the the weirdest thing about this attraction is, number one... The forced celebrity inclusion, which makes sense, I guess, because Eisner, that was the whole kind of thing at the time. Yeah, I think it was uh, the way that faces on Kevin it. described it was, hey, uh, if we're
0: going to do this, we need something to really rev it up. So in the book, Kevin describes uh, going to a pitch meeting with Eddie Murphy and doing uh, I Got You in an Eddie Murphy impression in front of Eddie Murphy. And apparently Eddie loved it and said, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I'll do it. Sure. Then they made a bunch of mock-ups.
1: Yeah. If you get a, if anyone gets a chance to look at it, the picture of Frank and Murphy or whatever is absolutely horrifying. (laughs) And as an animatronic, I guarantee it would have looked a thousand times worse. Elvira is a character who, I mean, of course, we can talk about how the fact that I don't think she's necessarily popular today. I think she's doing something at Knots, right? What is that? She uh, used
0: to. She used to. Now she's retired.
1: Did they not do like a whole rev, uh, revival thing at Knott's this year? I thought. I remember I read. No, she didn't. No. Um, anyways, so Elvira is a character who, of course, maybe was more popular then. But it, mm-hmm. it, it's surprising to me. You're right. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I, I I don't necessarily know how child-friendly Elvira is, um, especially in animatronic of Elvira in yeah, you can a see in a uh, seductive uh, yeah, position. This,
0: yeah, she's on a she's on a couch. She's lying down. She's yeah. wearing an extremely low-cut robe. Oh, that's the Elvira clothes, right? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and um, the, it, the way this, it describes as applause sign, curtain opens up on Elvira, Orchestra plays a sexy blues in the night. She is holding an award whilst reclining sensuously on her velvet boudoir settee. The creatures in the audience go crazy with screams and catcalls. Well, that wouldn't have survived into the
1: 2010s. I don't I, think any of this would have survived <laughs> into the beyond the 2000s. So, Amira seems dead on impact. What were you saying?
0: Amira <laughs> goes, "Oh, stop! I swear, you're all such monsters." Now, bend a near, my darlings. The nominees for best alien invaders are. Oh my god! It's
1: horrible. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I personally think that that if this had been built. If this attraction had been completed at the time, and and recall that this would be at the expense of let's say that we knew what was going to happen in in the world, and yet this was still built. This would be at the expense of Hollywood uh, Tower of Terror, and rock and roller coaster, mm-hmm. because this attraction was pretty much a an, uh, uh, an you know a, a to choose if you want this or if you want the other one. Yeah. So. Guests already felt like there was nothing to do with Disney's Hollywood studios. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily know if the park was limited in its theater shows at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, that was kind of like the big draw to Hollywood studios in the early part of the period that they tried Mm -hmm. to push these theater productions. And I guess this is like closer to something like Timekeeper, maybe, or, or American Adventure, like you said, than, you know, something like The Muppets. I don't remember what that show – Oh, uh, whatever that that live production the show Here was. Come the Muppets. Thank you. Thank you. Here Come the Muppets. So I, I – But I, I – Maybe I misunderstand the modern audience or even the 90s audience. But is Eddie Murphy a big enough draw to make people watch a show about uh, movie monsters? Mm-hmm. Just random movie monsters? That feels like more of a universal kind of thing than a Disney kind of thing. Well, not only that, but – I feel like the shows
0: at Universal that they they have there, the horror makeup show, which I saw is really propelled by two things. One is audience interactivity and two, the energetic nature of the hosts themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you get a lot more mileage off of um, live performers rather than animatronics. Absolutely. The American, yeah. The American adventure is really impressive and there's a lot of Ideas here that are cool sounding and very, very impressive. But a 17 minute long show where it's just awards being presented hmm. is very hard to make
1: interesting,
0: especially with animatronics.
1: Yeah, if nothing's like going wrong. Um, if, if nothing is, I mean, obviously things are going wrong and there's hijinks and so yeah. right? Right. But I guess to me, you know, a variety show like, uh, bugs, a bug's life, tough to be a bug really right. fits a bit better because it gives like some interesting things to watch, whether it be in that case, animated or in the other case, with animatronics. And of course the American adventure tells some kind of a narrative, but mm-hmm. award shows are boring. Yeah. Even in real life they're boring. Like you just kind of sit there and let's say you engage with this the first time and you find the animatronics cool. What is the re-ride value on this attraction? Mm-hmm. I'd say quite literally nothing. Like it's not dynamic enough. It's not interesting enough. Perhaps a Godzilla fan
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> might might like it. Um I, I'm also surprised they could get the rights for Godzilla, but I, I digress. Um, <laughs> I, I would couldn't have been a imagine people. of would... Toho. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, well, exactly. I guess at the time, right, Toho was kind of like, eh, let the Americans. Well,
0: do yeah, it. exactly. I mean, they let the 98 version happen. So well, you, the... know that, you know that they weren't uh, being really tight with it.
1: Oh, but you well after that they uh, they they got really mad about the ninety eight version. Exactly. Did you ever did you ever read about that? What happens in Godzilla Final Wars? Yeah, I know what happens. Yeah, Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they beat, they beat the ever loving hell out of Godzilla. So mm-hmm. I, that's the only thing that interests me. I guess is that if if somebody is connected to these characters in some way, it might be a cool place to see, you know, monsters that somebody likes from a movie. But I don't understand what would bring people back on this one. It just seems long and boring. (laughs) Although people go on, you know, the Hall of Presidents. So Yeah. Let's be honest. Okay. So
0: let's be honest here. This would have gotten a cult following, no matter what. Of course. It would have.
1: We Years later, but of course. Yeah,
0: we would have been had people saying, I love the Creature's Toys Swords. I can't believe they took that away. <laughs> but if people were like, okay, and how many times did you go on it? When I was there in 2003, it was a walk-on. There was not a single soul in the place, and you never went on it. I should have never taken it away. When we talk about an animatronic show, they come in two different forms. The first form is a variety musical show. That's Country Bear Jamboree, uh, American Sings. What what else? Uh <laughs> Country Bear Jamboree, America Sings. Um, I'm sure there's stuff on the top of my head that I am just. The Muppets, on kinda, the Muppets kinda
1: sort of. The Muppets
0: kinda sort of, but that's you know all the yeah. 3D show. And like you said, right. it's tough to be a bug. Or you have to have a narrative. Right. and you have the Carousel Progress, the American Adventure you know you had Cranium command and you had these these shows that told a story. The problem with the creature Choice Awards is that from what we can tell and maybe maybe there was stuff that Kevin is not talking about there was no story. all is happening is p- monsters would come out they would present something goofy would happen. They would accept the award, and they would
1: go out, and then something else would happen. Well, in in fairness, people do go on Monsters Inc laugh floor like a lot, like but perhaps, that like that that I guess why, is closer to a variety show. But but still. that is closer to a
0: variety show. And there's one specific thing about oh, it. There's, there's you're three. Correct. There's three segments, and it's all building up to a narrative. The narrative right. is: we need to get this thing filled. We need to get jokes.
1: Okay. Well, I so, guess the narrative is Godzilla in this case, right?
0: Right, but that's not strong.
1: Mm, agreed.
0: That's not a strong narrative because you can't just throw it to a scene and go, well, he's coming. Well, he's coming. He's coming eventually. That's a look in fear of her cute chuckle, but eventually yeah. the finale is he crashes through the ceiling.
1: Yeah, there's nothing really going on under the surface here. And uh-huh. I, I, perhaps the star power could have lifted it. It, it feels to me very Fantasia 2000-y, where it's right. like, I, I guess, you know, you could put a bunch of mm-hmm. stuff together and put some celebrities in, but I don't, it, I don't think you'd see people going
0: back to it. It's interesting because it also reminds me a little bit about Honey, I Shrunk the Audience and the whole premise of that ride is that you're there to see Wayne Zelensky get presented an award. Hmm. But the way that they peppered in, uh, for to make the narrative go forward and keep the audience engaged, is they really, you know, do run it around a bunch of cheap three D tricks and <laughs> cheap forty right. tricks by having these inventions and the inventions go wrong, and it all builds up to a to the whole conceit of the, the show is where you get shrunk, you get shrunk down. And they have to find some way to enlarge you. Again, this is a problem of creature choice awards. Where, okay, you can do some you know campy hijinks for the beginning, but eventually it needs to build up to something grander. It needs this needs to have a point. Funny, but not really worth seventeen minutes of elaborate animatronics. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and it's funny because I say this and i almost kind of want to see it because i do have a little bit of a morbid curiosity of what the hell this
1: would look like i i think that this is one of those cases where like i guess i wish uh, i i i you you have me at a loss of words here because <laughs> i find the idea very stupid You're and there. i find and I, I respect of course kevin rafferty and the imagineers mm-hmm. but i don't get what the draw was And I don't get what the idea was or the plot or why Mm -hmm. people would go on it or why anyone would go on it again if they did see it a first time or why it would help anyone go to Hollywood studios, (laughs) right? Like most of the time, as we've discussed these rides on this show, a lot of the conceit between deciding whether it should have been built or not, right? Or what would have happened if it had been built is, do you think that this would have been a quality attraction? Or is it worth the money? Like it would it have been yeah. an interesting experiment. Now, but- would it help you if I were to
0: tell you that this was going to open in the midst of a bunch of expansion? This is when they were doing Roger Rabbit's Hollywood, Dick Tracy Crime Stoppers. They were, they were going to open a bunch up in this area. Now, I, does that does does it sit better with you to think of it more like the Timekeeper in Tomorrowland '94 rather than a brand new attraction opening on its own?
1: Well, I don't necessarily know if this attraction does anything interesting. That's my mm-hmm. whole my whole one of my concerns is that at least with the Timekeeper, right, the mm-hmm. attraction might have been I'd never rode it, and but perhaps it was boring or to some people. Yeah, uh, but at the very least it was attempting to tell an interesting kind of news story. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what this one was trying to do. Right. Like it, it, this seems like it came out of desperation on a low budget, but the story goes that it was given a high budget and it was like supposed to be the next big thing to draw people to the park. Obviously I guess none of those developments opened up. Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't go anywhere with that. I, I, Would you personally, more so than would you want to see this attraction built for, you know, for the funsies, would you personally go on this ride like more than once? I I mean, I don't mean like. All right, all right. Yeah. (laughs) I see what
0: you're saying. Okay. Because of course I would go on it once. (laughs) Sure. Who wouldn't? Well, let's let's imagine. A 17-minute animatronic show on the level of American Adventure about movie monsters presenting awards to each other. Who wouldn't want to see what the hell that is? Of course, but
1: more than but like once- imagine in a vacuum, like in a world where you don't like know the history and like you aren't, yes. it wasn't a canceled project. Like a world where this is just, you have two options. Okay, you have the great movie ride. How about this? You just got off the thirty minute great movie ride, and your mm-hmm. friend grabs your shoulder and says, "Let's run across the park. We can see Eddie Murphy talk to Godzilla." <laughs>
0: Well, I would be like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I I would see this at least once. I would I go again. I'm not sure because, again, there's just I need to know if this has an interesting through line, and. Mm. And I say that as you know, people's patients are tested more and more further. I do have to say I went on the Carousel Progress, the Magic Kingdom. And by the way, those bathtubs. Uh, anti-gravities were sold out and I never felt more devastated. Oh, were they really? Yeah, they were all sold out. Oh man, that's yeah, a bummer. I mean yeah, they were just they're going, no there bathtubs. I'm sorry. Aww. We're out of bathtubs. I'm like, no. I was so sad. But the of Progress,
1: even that was testing my patience a bit uh, It's really long bit a bit it is really long I almost this uh over this uh, uh in August I went to Disney World with my with, with my girlfriend and it was horribly hot in August oh, yeah. we talked about yeah. this trip of course yes we did yeah. yeah it was a nightmare hot and there were like days where where uh her and I She was like, like, it was like misery and I, I'm a stubborn pain. So I just like pushed it through, but she was like, I got to get out of the heat. So we sat through one man's dream, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which, which is, it's a bit, it's a, it's long, but I only bring this up because we were in Epcot and it was another miserably hot day, miserable. And we needed to be there for a little bit longer because we had, I guess, reservations or something and i made the offer i was like oh yeah there's this there's this show we can go in it's hot uh it's like 25 minutes and it's full of animatronics and you learn about history and like if i could capture the face that she gave me and and show it right now i think most people when faced with this these long animatronic shows, no matter how technologically impressive these things are, or yeah. how much somebody like myself might value Carousel of Progress or American Adventure or you know X Y Z, it's when you actually try to get people to sit down and watch them that perhaps they do it once, right? Uh-huh. Do they do it again? Not particularly likely unless it has like a, a cult status like well, that's the Carousel the thing. Progress. The Carousel Progress and Country
0: Bear Jamboree very much felt like it was super coasting on nostalgic vibes. Absolutely. And makes a lot of sense Absolutely. because it is the 50th anniversary. People... We're really getting a kick out of the the cheesy and the corniness of the carousel of progress.
1: Well, people sing along in Carousel of Progress. Right, I can't exactly. I literally can't believe it when I'm there. People are like I'm like, What what is going on? Like I've never like I've never, in never the, been in something where people actually join along. So In the scene where in the Christmas scene where John goes, Did you
0: say five hundred seventy five? Temperature turning to five seventy five. You can hear the dads in the audience go, ah!
1: <laughs> Could that it, be what the Creature Choice Awards would be in 2024? No way! <laughs> no way! No way! Because because the Carousel of Progress is the the thing, and we've had conversations about this in the past. But what Disney really likes to do with a lot of their things is to create brands out of them and like marketable properties. And the Carousel of Progress is the thing is is like you know the Carousel of Progress hasn't been in Walt Disney World since. You know, since no. opening? No. Has it been the same since opening? No. But no. do people know no. that? Probably not. Probably Right. Not. So the Carousel of Progress and Country Bears and and the Hall of Presidents, to be clear, and that's why the Hall of Presidents won't go away, is that mm-hmm. they all carry some kind of cultural weight to them. right? right? The American Adventure is too expensive to close. Um, <laughs> no, and, and they won't close it. It wouldn't make sense. But for the Creature Choice Awards, I feel like, it's a super interesting example of Disney just kind of towing that 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 pop culture uh, mm-hmm. um, position that it would hold into the '90s. And maybe right. we pull some famous people. Maybe we we pull these things.
0: And it, um,
1: again, it does kind of remind you a
0: bit of you know the fact that these things would probably get dated and feel mm. dated. Oh, boy, again, yeah. I mentioned Cranium Command earlier, and that's a show that had a lot of. Celebrities of the comedians of the time. So, if you have something that has Eddie Murphy in the year 2021, and the way people view Eddie Murphy is so much different than they viewed him in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Whereas Eddie Murphy nowadays, I guess he's more of like this, you know, kind of more of a has been. I mean, he was great in the day, but he is still coasting on his older popularity so it wouldn't come across as well as it does today
1: Uh, now the most disgusting creature in hollywood is louis (laughs) ck that that (laughs) would be the other monster i I think you're right though i I mean elvira i don't think most people know who elvira is i'll be honest Mm -hmm. um so i think you can maybe get away with kind of Someone says vampire lady, yeah. whatever. Um, but Eddie Murphy, yeah, I, I necessarily don't know if his stardom, of course, would, would, have, would have maintained the same level of popularity. Even more confusing, I guess, is that at the time, I think we talked about this on, on a previous episode. It was the the Muppets episode. That Hollywood Studios was a half day ish park right where Mm -hmm. your goal was to see things that weren't quite in the other ones there were attractions but like very different ones Mm -hmm. this would be a show would this though have cemented that 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 path for Hollywood Studios because you know Mm -hmm. what we we talked about in the history and what you mentioned is that because this didn't get built Tower of Terror comes out of it right Right. big a big thrill attraction So if this had been built, would there even have been a Hollywood Studios today? Because it really, I mean, there would have been, of course, but would it have actually been another gate as people know it today? Or or would it um, still have just been like a theater park? So- that, that's and that's a great question. I think they were trying
0: to sort of figure that out. Right. A lot of the a lot, of, and we'll talk about these other attractions more as the podcast goes on. But you had Dick Tracy's Crime Stoppers, and you had Roger Rabbit Hollywood. And the reason why those didn't happen wasn't necessarily because of the same reasons why the Creature Choice Awards didn't happen. It was because of rights issues and general unpopularity. Dick Tracy Crime Stoppers, of course, was famously canceled because. Well, Dick Tracy didn't do all that hot at the Bob's office. (laughs) What's a Dick Tracy? Yeah. (laughs) And Roger Rabbit Hollywood, uh, well, we all know what happened with the rights for Roger Rabbit. It went down the drain. The the problem that uh, Creature Choice Awards really had in the end was that it was the wrong fit for what the park needed at that time. And Hmm. Frank Wells saw that. And it was probably a little too weird and a little too esoteric for really a show, an animatronic show, at the world's most popular theme park. right? Well, well, theme resort, not Disney's Hollywood Studios, Disney MDM Studios. And I, I think that is ultimately... The issue that we have to see here was, you know, a funny idea. It's a very charming, funny idea on paper, but building it, I don't think it really withstands. So I guess that brings us to build it or not. I'll let you
1: go. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't build it. I keep it short and sweet. I, I've made my case. I There's nothing to be gained from this. It mm-hmm. would only have failed, probably would have brought <laughs> forth the uh, the crash of Disney a little bit earlier, or mm-hmm. um, well, the creative crash, to be clear. Um, <laughs> but that's a big stinking no from, from my corner.
0: As I always say, if I could Thanos snap it away and see it once, never again, yes. But ultimately, no. I unfortunately don't think this should have been built. Really stupid, silly, <laughs> kooky idea. But no, it was better it was better that we got the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, which I didn't write this time.
1: I don't feel bad about that. I really should have ridden it. They gutted but, the gift shop. You're not missing much. Oh, what <laughs> what is the gift shop like? Oh, it's just haunted mansion stuff now. Oh, no, of course it is. Yeah. You
0: know every shop is oh my god, you and when I went to the creation shop, it was just a corner of Epcot merch and then the rest was the same crap you can find everywhere else.
1: Well, I, I think that's you. You sent me a picture when you were at Epcot because I had mentioned something to you a moment or two before. Um, it was on my mind. It was just like that's the worst thing about Walt Disney World and Disneyland right now, but mostly WDW, is mm-hmm. that every store that isn't in Galaxy's Edge is selling the same. same shit. Shit. It's, it's the, the same, same stuff. Same stuff. Same stuff all right. the way around. Mm-hmm. it's so weird because why why <laughs> how does that maybe covid but probably not
0: yeah, it's probably not no it's yeah. because everybody wants the same walt disney world shirt no matter where you go
1: oh the spirit jerseys i mean people
0: <laughs> yeah people buy them people buy mm-hmm. them that's true now
1: where's why? my creature choice award spirit jersey
0: mm-hmm. where's where is frank and murphy where is my fake screaming <laughs> award that I could
1: buy? That's would be in the gift shop. The fake screaming award you can buy. Absolutely, that's the Frank- the- Eddie Murphy plush. In the eight, in the nineties, definitely. Just like <laughs> uh, you could get like a pick before at the Guitar Hero, or geez, Guitar Hero, Rock and Roll yeah, Roller you'd, Coaster you'd one.
0: one. You'd have the uh, Avira uh, shirts with Avira <laughs> on it with a low cut, and it says, "Do you think I'm scary?"
1: Instead yeah, you buy on, one, you know. and then you wear it around, and then you get a free shirt, just like the right. TikTok hacks. Is.
0: <laughs> yes. You're just showing too much cleavage. Yes. Babe. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect idea. That's, that would it, maybe they should have built it just to make out of the merchandise sales alone.
1: What, what would be more inappropriate? Would it be the Elvira or the Shocker that took her place? The Shocker. Sure. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> well, at least you could digitally edit out the Shocker you know you could like take like a piece of cloth or something like that I could see Disney doing something mm-hmm. yeah. like
0: that <laughs> you just put a little you know one of those dentist sheets on it and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a bib mm-hmm. yeah. okay so I think that about does it for us today in the meantime you, please follow us on social media on Twitter at Unbuilt you can reach me at Open Mother's Mail and Ryan Dorman at Open the Dorman. feel free to email us at unbuiltpod at gmail.com or rate us on Stitch iTunes and Anchor or wherever you find this podcast. Please write a review and tell us how we're doing and if you don't like us, thank you for listening to Fine Tuning with Jim Hill. I'm Drew Taylor. We'll see you here next time. See you guys. Come on, look, Daddy's having more hallucinations. Let's go, right now. Let's go.
1: They're ghosts, Dad. They're not
0: ghosts. We're just having hallucinations from that dinner that we ate. It was that chicken. It didn't taste right. Hey! Who? It's not the chicken. All right, it's not the chicken. It's not the chicken, but we're still getting out of here.
1: But, Dad, we have to help them. Hey, you can't help the dead, honey. They're beyond help. That's the nature of being dead. The man's talking sense. Everyone should just keep their noses in their own business. But, Dad, we have to help them break the curse. Why is everybody talking about a curse? Wait a minute, have you been talking to that crazy green gypsy in the giant paperweight? Gypsy, he not the gypsy! He's gotta go back! Hey, ho ho, that. no back, I'm not going back! But Dad! Hey, they had me floating all around the room! Dad! Hey, I was strapped to a chair, floating around the room with a marching band chasing me! I'm not going back anywhere,
0: forget it, Casper!